Welcome to the Music Grind Podcast. This is episode 12. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is where I talk to fellow working musicians to get a day in the life perspective, what it is we do, uh, what's uh, life like for a working musician, what kind of uh, jobs do we have to do, what kind of work we have to do, what kind of preparation, some of the stuff that you don't see. Clearly being on stage is the stuff you do see. Um, this has been my attempt to kind of pull the curtain back uh, and I guess show the the wizard, the Oz, the great Oz. That's an, uh, an old movie reference for those of you who don't know it. I hope most of you do. Well, thanks for joining me. If this is your first time listening, thanks for listening. And if it's not, thanks for coming back. If it is your first time, hey, guess what? Uh, you can go back and check uh, check out the uh, the other episodes that I have up online. Um, this particular episode, this is the end of the season. This is the end of season one. Let's call, let's just call it that. Season one. Um, this is twelve episodes, so that's roughly uh, like a television season. Um, I'm gonna take this is the last one for 2018, and I'm gonna take a little break and uh, come back. Uh, in 2019 with some new episodes, some new people, um, some new topics, and I have other ideas that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be putting out. So this one, like I said, is the last one for 2018. I'll be back some probably in February of 2019. Uh, I'm not just going to be resting on my laurels or Yanni's. I'm going to be uh, working on you know, working on recording stuff and producing other stuff and, and so forth and so on. Um, at music grind podcast, uh, is the Instagram account. So you can keep up with stuff there. I, I will post some, some stuff when I have new stuff or subscribe to and, or, and slash, or, you know what, just let's make it and, and subscribe to, um, to this podcast on Apple podcasts on Stitcher, on Spotify, and if I'm not mistaken, somewhere on Google, but I'll be, I'll be figuring that out too. Today's guest is Melissa Petrescu, and she's a pianist um, working at Bush Gardens, working in the wedding band scene, and working at a, a Grace Family Church, a local church, as a music director. I met her through some of my connections at Bush Gardens, but she's a, she's a great player and she's, um, she's, you know, on her, on her way up. One of the rising stars of this area. And she's coming, she comes from a, like a classical background. So to be doing the, essentially the pop music scene and the wedding scene is, um, has proved to be a little bit of a learning curve as she'll, as you'll hear her explain, um, what that has entailed. Uh, she's a lovely person, great player, and I think you all should go check her out uh, whenever you can. And there you go. So without further ado, Melissa Petrescu. Thanks for being here. Thanks for talking to me today. Um, Melissa Petrescu. Well, Petrescu, <laughs> but we all... You've asked us to call you Pet Rescue. I've asked. I don't know. That's what I understood. Did I understand it? Well, um, I don't think I've ever asked anyone to call me that, but okay. it's just happened. And and if it's easier for someone to uh, remember me by Pet Rescue, then by <laughs> all means. Okay. <laughs> so you're a, a pianist. Do you teach as well? I don't currently, but I have had have. a season of teaching and, and I'm definitely open to that in, in the future. Mm -hmm. so, so right now you're, you're, um, you're just living life as a side, side person. Yeah. Yeah. Side person. Um, 
among a few other things, but yeah. What are the other things? Um, well, I do some solo gigs here and there, um, some duo stuff, um, and I also music direct as well. That's but. right. Yeah. How could I forget? Your music director at now at um, the Waters campus of mm-hmm. Grace Family Church yeah. here in Tampa. Um, very cool. So let's start from the beginning, the beginning of time. The beginning of time. How did you, uh, how did you discover music? I was born. Ah. Yes. The good beginning. It was great. <laughs> It's good to be. It's good to be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I. Um, it's funny. I grew up in a musical family, so I kind of couldn't help but discover music. My mom's a piano teacher, and uh, my brothers. I have two older brothers, and they also played instruments. And um, my dad, my whole family, and so. Uh, I I still remember sometimes when I was really young, I would be falling asleep at night and one of my older brothers would be practicing for a competition on the piano and I'd hear, you know, some really heavy Rachmaninoff <laughs> concerto as I was going to sleep. And those were always fun memories. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think age five, my mom started giving me piano lessons. and um, And then a few years later, I ended up taking voice lessons as well. But um I grew up more in a classical background. Uh, I studied, I I had certain method books growing up that just taught me some of the fundamentals of music and scales. And so it was a pretty kind of formal approach to music. Um, My mom entered me in in piano competitions and uh, music festivals. And um, so... Growing up, I I really had that uh, approach to music. I really didn't have a lot of exposure to jazz or to much of the current pop. And and to this day, I'm still learning about bands that everyone knows (laughs) about that I I didn't even know about. Oh, (laughs) Um, yeah. You're catching up. I'm catching up, definitely. So, um, yeah. So, really uh, classical um, as I... Um, was probably early teenager. I got involved in the youth band at my church, which really um, helped me um, learn to read chord charts because with classical music, you're really learning to read notated music. Um, And so uh, learning to play by ear a little bit more and, and not to read music was a whole new, like breakthrough for me. <laughs> that still seems pretty early to be learning that, right? Like um, yeah. you were a teenager in church, so that's yeah. that's good you were getting your ear training. Now even in the even in piano lessons like um you're reading notation, but were you learning the theory at all like okay, an A and a C and an E is an E mi- uh, an A minor, were you learning that kind of thing or just learning to read it and play it? I'm sure there was some of that in there um because we had, uh, I had method books that, you know, would involve theory. I was awful. Uh, I was an awful student for my <laughs> poor mom. Um, I would not let her teach me theory. I hated theory. I Why? absolutely, I don't know what was wrong with me. I just could <laughs> not. But to now I'm really like, I love theory. Like I'll yeah. go and I'll, I'll read about stuff myself. But back then, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear about it. <laughs> wow. So I really, yeah, I, I think I was a really late bloomer to just understanding how chords worked. And, but there was definitely some of that in there. It just, it didn't stick with me. Yeah. So. So how did you turn, how did you go from that to being a professional musician? Oh boy. Um, well, I think church really helped uh, transition me into getting involved in other things that yeah you were, you were in church like your whole life essentially yeah from, from a very young age yeah my mom accompanied at church and so I eventually started playing in the band there and and mostly volunteer I eventually became the youth band director um, for a few years and um, and then I I just. Uh, I would be asked to play or even sing for some weddings and for people we knew and, cool. and um, stuff like that. And then 
Um, I think it was, let's see, was I in high school or college? Um, I was mostly homeschooled actually most of my life, but um, I started dual enrolling in at SPC um, St. Petersburg College okay. um, the last year of high school. So I was dual enrolled. I was finishing out my high school and then I was also taking college classes simultaneously. Wow. And um, St. P College really opened a lot of doors for me. Um, it was really nice because I was working on my AA degree, but I was able to take, um, my electives were in music. Um, so I was able to do some music theory. I was able to study with, like I could take a piano course with it. Uh, I took with a couple jazz guys, um, Jeff Donovic and Daniel Joyner yeah. for a couple of years. Um, and so, uh, I eventually made, met some people there that, um, I was asked to play in a musical called Godspell uh-huh. with the college. And then I ended up playing another one with them a couple of years later. And so the musical theater sort of got me into the professional world yeah. a little bit too. That's kind of, um, that was some really good experience. Um, but then, so there was that. Uh, and then eventually um, <laughs> I stumbled I really stumbled upon a job at Bush Gardens and that, that was really what set me up for full-time music. Okay. Before that, did you have a, it was it just a hobby? Did you have a sense that you wanted to do it or were you just studying because? That's a great question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, man, I was a mess. Um, (laughs) I just, uh, Honestly, I had sort of a struggle of um, growing up. Um, we had a lot of uh, family, personal, financial struggles. And so a lot of my life was kind of like survival mode. And and then um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. It was more a matter of like practical things. And um, I remember I was at SPC because like I... I was able to study there. I, I was able to get a grant and I, I didn't have to, I didn't have to pay. I had financial aid. I had scholarships yeah. and I eventually got a job there and I was almost done my AA degree and I didn't know what I was going to do next. And, um, I had so many different ideas from one day to the next. I would think of something else I wanted to do and, Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll do this thing. Or, and it, it always appealing to me. Um, I always saw myself as doing music on the side. I, I never thought it would I didn't think it was really possible for it to become a full-time thing. And, um, but, uh, so I, I actually ended up choosing a business degree, um, to work on my bachelor's and it was called management and organizational leadership at St. Petersburg college and, uh, started that program. Um, meanwhile, I was working a, um, I was working at the college as a, like a peer advisor, kind of a level one academic advisor. Okay. Yeah. And, um, we had some sort of job fair, uh, one day and I was working at it and, um, Bush Gardens was one of the employers out there and they were hiring for their, they were, um, advertising for their Christmas town auditions. And, um, I saw something that was, you know, pamphlet and we need pianists for Christmas town and to play in our crown yeah. colony restaurants. So I was like, right. Oh, that sounds like something really, be really cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, but sorry, I'm going off on a tangent in answer to your question. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I kind of like, I, <laughs> I sort of chose business because it was practical. I thought, well, no matter what I do, this will come in handy. It's useful. I can apply it to a bunch of things. And meanwhile, I'll just try to get a bunch of different experiences under my belt that will help, you know, guide my, my career path. How far did you get in that business track? So I, let's see, I think I was about halfway, over halfway through the program. Is it, seem, it seems to me that... Um that would still be practical, even doing music, because oh, it's yeah. still it's still a business, mm-hmm. you know, and you are your own small business. But you actually For did sure. you actually did uh, answer the question when you said you didn't think that being a full time musician was possible. Yeah, which I mean, it tells me that flat out. But it also tells me that you weren't you you, were, you know you said you were just thinking of it as being a musician on the side. Mm-hmm. What um was it Bush Gardens that made you realize? 
it is possible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bush Gardens. Uh, now, just from you being hired there or the fact that you saw other people that are full-time musicians that are there? Probably both. Um, it really opened my eyes to see all the different avenues and opportunities there are within the music field and the industry yeah. that one can can get involved. Um, it was also kind of a vote of confidence just being hired there to think, oh, maybe, maybe I could do this. And Oh, now that's a different aspect. <sighs> okay. But that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, but that's a different aspect because there's one you can, you might think, or rather you may have thought I can't do this full time because there's not enough money in it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to thinking I can't do this full time because I'm not good enough to do it yeah. full time. Yeah. Yeah, um, that probably was a factor, um, especially in the, the the classical world. You really have to, you almost have to be a prodigy to make mm -hmm. it as like a concert pianist, a, a successful. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of doubt that comes like with that, like. And to this day, I still look around and think there are plenty of people who are way more talented than I and who, you know, can make it. And I think we all struggle with that. Yeah. 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 We all struggle with that. Whether it's, whether it's true or not is up for debate for any of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, <clears throat> one of the things I learned at Bush Gardens was that it's great for networking. Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you've discovered. Mm -hmm. um, what have what are some of the things that you're up to now? Uh, you're still at Bush Gardens, right? I still am. Mm -hmm. And um, you were telling me you're you're going over there today for a um, a rehearsal for Christmas shows. Now I'm yeah. back in. Is this like is this your second or third? If you if you went in for the Christmas town, so now this is full circle. This is like your yeah. second or third year there or something. Oh man, I think this might be, I think I'm approaching four. Oh, excellent. Um, I start, it's funny. I started out, they were going to hire me as, actually they, they were thinking of hiring me as this like poinsettia princess thing at first. <laughs> it wasn't, they were like, Hmm, should we use her for a, a princess or for, um, a piano? <laughs> and so eventually they, they decided they'd use me for the, um, playing piano in the crown colony restaurant. And it was supposed to just be a seasonal thing. Um, but what ended up happening actually was, um, I got a call, I think at 10 o'clock at night one time and they were like, Hey, we really need a sub for this, <laughs> this Motown show going on right now. Uh -huh. Um, are you able to learn the show in a week and on stage, basically an on stage is where you go in and you, you get approved for the show and they have, you know, managers who come out and you have to do like a dress rehearsal of the show and they, they give you, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. And, um, I said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who Stevie Wonder was. Like, I'm telling you, I wow. knew hardly anything. Um, was the whole show uh, brand new to you? Like the music in the show? Oh, it's a yeah. it's a whole medley and a review of Motown stuff. Was yeah. the whole show was new? Yeah, wow. basically. I mean, I'm sure I heard a couple songs here and there, but I really didn't know who anyone was. I didn't know stylistically how to approach that kind of music. Um, I, uh, so how, I'm I'm interested in in this. Stephen Dornfeld, when I interviewed him, he had a similar thing, but not from the classical side, from the jazz side. Mm -hmm. So when he had to come over and learn pop music, he had to go and learn that kind of that genre and those idioms. Mm -hmm. What did you What did you do to to learn that, especially in just a week? I basically did not uh, master anything with in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm still learning how to approach that style to this day. Um, but I, I think that, um, I really just listened a lot to the music. Um, and I really just, at that point, I was really just trying to like listen to, to what I was hearing the the, you know, the piano in the, in the recording or the keyboards in the recording. And I would just listen to like some of the licks they were playing and I would yeah. 
pause it and then I would try to figure it out just yeah. using my ear and then I would, you know, go back and just, it was this, it was a lot of work just trying to use my ear to figure out what they were playing. And I kind of just copied mm-hmm. a, a lot for the, for the first while as I was learning that style. That's great. Um, that's what, yeah. But That's what we all wind up doing, but you just, ha- you had to do it in a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what are you... Where has where has your Bush Gardens network gotten you now? Um, man, I honestly don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for the Bush Gardens network. It's a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> um, I really uh, met up with a bunch of wonderful, wonderful people there. Um, it was uh, pretty amazing actually I sort of had this moment of when I I met some of these people that I was like ah my people I finally (laughs) I've met my my kin (laughs) in a really cheesy sense um uh but I think just um making friends with with the other bandmates there and um uh, eventually just kind of word of mouth um I would end up like subbing on some gigs here and there. And, um, sometimes, you know, if there was a need or, or somebody would ask me to do like a, a duo gig or something, I, I would start inviting some of my, my friends from Bush to join me on them. And, um, just one thing led to another and really just through, um, getting to know these people and, and playing with them at Bush and, um, you kind of develop this sense of, of, um, familiarity and then, uh, just getting, getting different calls for, for gigs and, and subbing and being available to kind of jump in on, on, on the fly. Um, I sort of forgot your question. <laughs> well, well, essentially, what are you, what, am I doing, what are you now? doing now? But that, that actually, uh, raises another question. What sure. was your, um, if you are, you had a learning curve to learn the Motown show and the Motown music. And so if somebody is asking you to sub on their gig, what's that learning curve like? Now you have to learn a whole other 40 songs, 50 songs maybe, you know, depending yeah. on the gig, right? You have to whole learn most most gigs around here anyways. The, the uh, There's a lot of them that are pop music. So what's that learning curve like or what was that learning for for you? Well, I really had a whole different um, change in in mindset and approach to music when I came to Bush um, because the classical approach um, for me, it's, you know, you're playing as a solo pianist and uh, yeah. um, and that's much different than playing with a band. And yeah. it's really cool. Um, I, you know... In classical, like I'm thinking so much about the notes I'm playing and each note I'm playing versus when I came on with the band, it's like, oh man, like how can I make these people sound better and how can I enhance what they're doing and how can we play together as as a group, um, a, a, make a unified sound. And so it becomes less about me and more about the whole entity and the sound we're creating and the groove <laughs> so much about groove um i really had this kind of um moment of enlightenment when um <laughs> my band trainer at the time lance lance cox at bush gardens he he told me about how like it's not um uh he had a really great quote from this this film um <laughs> but basically about how every instrument is a drum and uh, <laughs> I he's, think a, you know and he's a drummer. Yeah. I don't know the exact quote, no, but it's, I just think it's funny that <laughs> yeah, he's a drummer. drummer. It so, is, yeah. but it's so true. And um, it's less, you know, about what I'm, you know, if I can't make, if, I, if I'm trying to fit a lick in or, mm. or something, you know, pretty fancy, but it, it's not s- sitting in there in the pocket, right? It's just, it's not even worth playing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's better yeah. to do something simple and make the groove feel right. And um, anyway, that whole approach changed my mindset to playing with the band and so um with the pop stuff it's more about like um listening you know to 
um, the groove, the feel of the song, what the genre is. Um, and, uh, so when I'm, uh, you know, filling in on the fly for, for stuff, I'm trying to listen to, I think, getting a bigger picture of the song and the feel of it, um, what kind of a beat it is, what kind of, you know, versus what are, like, the the notes I'm playing. But uh, honestly, I mean, obviously you have to, you have to learn the chords, you have to um, figure out what your role is. Yeah. Um in it and sometimes it's just comping it's just playing chords in, in the feel of the song and sometimes it's learning a specific like um lick or you know and, and then then you have um keyboard parts specifically with different sounds and that's really fun with getting into different textures and am i playing a synth am i playing a Rhodes? am i playing an organ right, right. um so that that's a lot of fun too cool so do you find yourself now, um, you find yourself where you have to still like go and make calls or, or put yourself out there to, to get work or are you at a point now where you can, you're okay with what you have right now and, and, um, people are calling you? Well, thankfully, um, there's been quite a demand f- at least in my experience, there always seems to be a demand for keyboardists. Mm. Um, it seems like it can be difficult to find really good, solid keyboardists in, in the Tampa Bay area. And that's <laughs> from my experience. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, so I honestly, I my schedule's pretty full and I, I don't have to, I haven't really had to do much in terms of marketing myself. I, for years I've been wanting to build a website and, you know, um, have some kind of branding and, um, it's still something I I really want to do and I need to do, (laughs) but I honestly, I'm, I'm very thankful that it hasn't even really been necessary. I've just through word of mouth, um, I've been able to get, um, enough work, so let's talk about your schedule. Walk me through like a day in the life. Mm-hmm. What does what does Melissa Petrescu go through on a typical work day? I mean, everybody has yeah. days off, but then sure, you know. yeah, it really varies from week to week, which is nice. If um, <laughs> I I enjoy the variety, so I know for some people they wouldn't necessarily like that kind of inconsistency, um, but. Uh, Let's see. Um, this might be a good week to use. Um, I have. I typically have Mondays off, so Mondays are almost like my weekend. Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays sometimes. Um, weekends are typically the busiest. Uh, since I work at Bush Gardens, um, sometimes I'll, I'll be scheduled for shows one day of the week or two days. So um, today I'm just in rehearsal. Um, but typically I would be scheduled maybe a Thursday or Friday to work day shows, which is, it's kind of like a nine to five sort of schedule. It's usually more like 10 to six o'clock. Um, and, uh, uh, and then, uh, weekends I like, um, this Friday I have a gig with phase five, um, Saturday I, uh, and that, that'll be in the evening. Um, however, setup starts, you know, late afternoon sometimes for those kinds of gigs. Um, and then Saturday, um, I'm playing over at Grace Family Church at the Van Dyke campus, um, for their two Saturday night services. Um, sometimes I'll have a different gig, like the other week I had a gig in Orlando on a Saturday night. Um, so that takes the better part of the day when you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sunday mornings I'm music directing at the Waters campus. And then um, typically after that I have to go straight to um, another church called um, Anona and they have a Sunday night service that I sing. I, I help lead worship for. Um, so, and then we come back to Monday. Usually Monday is kind of my day off and then, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are all sort of wild cards. <laughs> I may be working yeah. at Bush. I may have a rehearsal. I may be, maybe there'll be some, you know, other gig that comes up. Um, so. Right. But those are days, it's really like, it may, 
sound like, oh, like you have all these days off, but honestly, um, there's a lot of like, at least for me, a lot of preparation goes into being prepared for the weekend stuff and having everything prepared so that when it comes, you know, you have all your ducks in a row. Yeah. That's so, what, that was going to be my next question. When do you yeah. prep in those those days that seem like they're days off, but they're yeah, not. Yeah, there's a lot of communication that goes um, with talking to the band director and talking with other musicians and figuring out how you're going to approach songs. And and um, uh, for me, it's a lot of listening to the songs. It's a lot of, you know, just reading through the charts and um, sometimes programming the keyboard uh, with specific patches. So mm -hmm. creating the specific sounds, you know, you hear a Lady Gaga song and you hear certain sounds that are like iconic yeah, yeah. that make that song. And so it's, it's kind of this fun challenge to try to recreate that sound. Right. And, and that takes a lot of time. It's <laughs> programming, um, and I'm still learning all of that stuff, um, which is, is really nice, but, um, yeah. What, what about, um, being the MD on a Sunday? What is your, or even during the week, what does it entail? What does that work entail for you? Sure. Um, that also goes into what I'm doing in the midweek. Uh, um, I'm typically, uh, talking with our worship director, who's kind of like, my, the person that I, I go to, um, they're kind of above me in, in terms of the hierarchy. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, talking through, um, the, the songs, talking through transitions between the songs, talking about scheduling for, um, upcoming services in the, in the next few months. Um, there's certain like things that I'm responsible for choosing song wise. Um, like the, we have a graveyard at the top of our set, which basically is just a jam for the band. Um, so choosing that and then just really being prepared, knowing, um, how to give cues on, on, on Sunday morning. So listening to the songs and knowing, you know, what the role of each instrument is to be so that I can, you know, help guide that and help cue, um, how often do you have to? Um, how often do you have to direct somebody to um, to do something they're not doing, or correct them, or whatever the case is? Um, <laughs> this is an interesting question. I I just um, I recently just transitioned from uh, Ebor campus. Um, Grace Family Church has what five campuses five yeah almost We're working on working six. on six so i was over at the ebor campus i just transitioned to the waters campus which they're very different um two different scenes so my role at waters is is different because um most of the band are, they're all professionals who work in the industry and they know what they're doing so i don't have to do as much you know with that band <laughs> um the ebor band is exceptional as well there was um uh, a few more people I was working with, um, and some younger, um, musicians who were coming in that, um, I would have to give a little bit more direction in terms of how they were approaching a song and, mm -hmm. and that, um, which was great. And we're all in different, different learning stages. Well, here's so. why I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you in trouble or get anyone else in trouble. But yeah. the reason I ask is I once years ago, read an interview with Questlove, who's the musical director now for the Tonight Show, but mm. musical director for The Roots. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about an early experience of his when he wasn't the music director on a particular gig. And he relayed this story that that music director was able, he just knew all the parts and he could sing, you know, okay, guitarist, it's this. No, no, it's not like that. It's da-da-da-da keyboard da, 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 it's like this and second vocal it's like this da, da, da. he just knew all the parts cold and that in that story impressed quest love who then then impressed me so that's why i ask it's like the that idea that that notion of knowing the music cold hmm. whereas a side man you have to know your part and you should know the other parts but mm. it's probably not required 
like it is for a music director. Sure. And that is a a nice aspect of, and a nice challenge in a way, is having to understand other instruments and, and their roles and what they're, you know, how they're filling the space. Um, Do you play other instruments? I don't really. I, I um, My brother gave me some guitar lessons back in the day and yeah. I have a guitar. I can play a few chords um, and I've I've done some percussions some cajon and that sort of thing for some gigs and I sing so mostly a little percussion but mostly piano yeah. and vocal which is a percussion instrument too yeah <laughs> yeah uh I asked I, I've interviewed recently someone else um I interviewed Erica Tesegli so so far you you and her are the two the only two female musicians I've interviewed so far which is not um it's not for any reason and it's, you know, I'd like to interview a million. I don't know. Yeah. But I asked her, so I'll ask you because I'm curious and I don't have this perspective, but what ha- have you, and if so, um, have you encountered um, a kind of sexism in in this industry? Maybe not here, maybe here um, or in currently or in previous situations where you know it, it might even be subtle or just um dismissive attitude because you're a a girl or a woman um or just a where if uh, any situation where it's been blatant sure that's a great question um honestly I no, I don't think I have. Good. <laughs> and if I have, I just haven't noticed it. <laughs> okay. Um, it's been honestly, it's almost been the opposite. There's almost been more of this, um, almost this kind of excitement and eagerness to have, you know, um, to sort of be crossing these lines and and these. Um, what do they call it? The glass ceiling or something? The glass, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and to have more diversity. So I've, I've honestly, it's almost been kind of the opposite mm-hmm. in my experience, at least. That's great. So. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It is, un, it is, I shouldn't say it's uncommon, but it's not terribly common to have a, a girl or a woman, a female mm-hmm. in the band. Sure. Female singers are almost expected. I mean, you have to. In a pop band, you have to have at least one female singer mm-hmm. to cover those songs and such. Mm-hmm. But to have a female in the band is not common. Um, yeah, it's, it is funny. It's, uh, it definitely was kind of a, like, when I first started at Bush Gardens, I think I was maybe the, the first female in the bands, at least for the day shows there. Oh, yeah. um, I think the first or maybe the first in several like many years i I don't remember I know they've had some female musicians in atmosphere entertainment um doing things on the side, but it was kind of funny there there was almost this what do we do with her <laughs> like what do we what does she wear oh, we're not yeah, going to put right. her in a in a suit like the rest of the band and right. <laughs> where do I change like <laughs> it was just a funny. A funny thing, but they, you know, they figured it out. They figured it out. Yeah. What did you wear? Uh, for the Motown show, I wore a silver dress. So it was in the color scheme of the rest of the band, but it was a dress. And then mm-hmm. since then, I've done a bunch of other shows like Kinetics. They are, you know, they'd put me in jeans and, and a cool like vest and, you know. Yeah. Like a rocker girl look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what are you, what are you working on now? Like what, um, projects that you, that you're, uh, excited about now? Sure. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> sigh of like, uh, so much. Well, I found that I've had different kind of seasons in, in terms of what I'm focusing on. Um, and, uh, Right now, I'm definitely in this season of being um, sort of ready for like top forty, like gigs, corporate corporate gigs, weddings, events, um, that sort of thing. Um, 
So right now I'm, I'm working part-time at Bush and I'm uh, music directing at Grace Family. Those are sort of my steady, steady gigs. Um, and then on the side, I'm playing um, with a few different bands, um, DeLeon Entertainment, uh, Phase 5, um, doing some work with um, From Me to You with uh, Jamie Grinnell, which I believe you interviewed. <laughs> um, mm. Great guy. And uh, um, I've been working with a band called House of Leros on more original oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> original music. And uh, and then um, sometimes I'll have a, an occasional like a classical thing come up. Really? Yeah. That's great. You still... He's still uh, playing classical, keeping up. Yes. Have you have you noticed any of your chops, your classical chops, um, kind of taking since they've taken a back seat to the pop and everything else? Have they diminished in any way? Or do Sadly, you still work? they have. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, I I go to play some of my old pieces, and it's definitely takes a little bit of work to get back to the speed, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the precision. Um, but it doesn't take, you know, I know that I could work up back to where I was if I just am practicing that more. I'm actually still seeing, um, uh, a teacher, her name is Rebecca pennies and she, she actually taught with, um, Eastman school of music in Rochester for uh, a very long time. And she has a home in St. Petersburg. So I was fortunate enough to get connected with her and I still see her, um, every once in a while for lessons and we're working on some classical pieces and scales and whatnot. That's great. Technique. Um, there's a really neat movement right now called Classical Revolution in um, St. Saint Pete. I think they're going to start one in Tampa. And I think it's a... I think it's a nationwide kind of community organization. Um, a lot of the folks from the Florida Orchestra are involved in um, that so what movement. Is it? yeah. It's basically um, they're bringing classical music into um, outside of the concert hall and bringing them into like more casual ambient um, speakeasy type. Uh-huh. You know, we have a um, basically. Um, to give you an idea, this one is meeting um, in that uh, at the Iberian Rooster yeah. in downtown St. Pete, um, in this cool kind of underground basement like area where there's a bar and they have you know it's a really casual atmosphere. And um, once a month, um, they're bringing in it's almost kind of like an open mic where but you sign up in advance um, and. Uh, you can play something solo. You can organize a like an ensemble um, and come in with a prepared piece. And they have a whole program, and it's usually very, very good material, good quality. A lot of people from the Florida Orchestra play in it, wow. and it gets there's a pretty great good attendance and a good crowd. Um, and it's not all you know limited to classical. There's um, you know other works like sometimes. Um, I remember there was a piece by uh, Philip Glass that was played, mm-hmm. this more introspective um, music. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of a, a neat movement. Very cool. I'm going to look that up. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Where um, where can we find you online? Where can the people who are listening to this right now, mm-hmm. let's say I want to I wanna, um, go see where Pet Rescue is <laughs> right now. Sure. Where can they find you? Well, I wish I had um, some things set up that would be right, a little you did, easier. You did say you don't have a website yet. I don't. I yeah. honestly, it's been it's been really busy, which is great. Um, but I've been so busy, I haven't really had the time to to set something up. Um, but basically, I honestly, I sadly, <laughs> I Facebook is kind of the main way I I'm able to share events or where I'm going to be playing and, and post stuff. So, um, yeah, friend request me or, or you can find me on, um, YouTube. I think I have a couple of performances and some concerts and some recordings up there. Um, and, uh, yeah. What, um, what would you tell somebody who's, who wants to, um, wants to do this, what kind of advice would you, would you give them now? Um, especially with your experience where you stumbled into Bush Gardens, mm-hmm. 
what would you say if somebody says, oh, I want to do this uh, full time? Mm-hmm. Actually, you're the, you're the perfect audience for this podcast because you didn't think you could do this full time. Yeah. Now that you are, what would you tell somebody? What yeah. would you have told yourself? <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. Um, I think um, a lot of it is about attitude. Honestly, you have to be able to play and you have to be able to have <laughs> some skill. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, I think I honestly, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't have, you know, all of the chops and everything to for the styles I was being asked to play at the time. But um, I think a lot of... Uh, it is about your willingness and having a positive attitude and being humble and willing to learn um, and willing to put the work into it. I definitely had to work really hard because it didn't, some of these things didn't really come as naturally to me. Um, but I think when you have really a drive and a passion for something, you'll find the way to do it. Mm. Um, but like I said, like it's really people want to be around um like positive people and and if you have a good attitude and you're listening um it's really uh, especially when you're playing in a band it's all about listening so i think that's i mean you don't even have to play a bunch of crazy stuff unless you know unless you're you know doing something like and maybe like a a jazz like mm-hmm. trio situation or you're being asked to solo or you know right. but like you really don't even have to you know do a bunch of fancy stuff as long as you can really have a, a good feel um a good groove and be listening to others and responding to what they're doing in the moment and at least from my experience that seems to be um pretty important yeah yeah i mean that is. <laughs> I'll also say um, being willing to do work that doesn't necessarily have much of a financial reward. I really, um, I'm a huge believer in experience. And for me, um, I've found that music uh, is more about networking <laughs> and um, getting connected to people and um so honestly, I would, when I was offered a gig or an opportunity to play somewhere, my first question wasn't how much would it pay? It's who am I, you know, who am I playing with and what is, what exposure will I get? And more importantly, like what kind of ex, like learning experience will this yeah. give me? Because I, I haven't studied music in college. Like I've, I've gotten training from professors and teachers on the side, but like I didn't get a music degree. And so... Um, I really look at these different opportunities to play in different settings and to play different genres of music as almost my like music education. Yeah. So that's a lot, <laughs> um, but no, that that's actually great because there is there is a balance that everyone has to um, navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's that balance of. Sometimes, like you said, sometimes the gig, it's a good hang and you get to play with somebody that you, you haven't met. You've always wanted to play with them or you mm-hmm. get to play with a really good friend of yours and it, it just doesn't pay very well for whatever reason. Or the music is really good and you're going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, the, I guess the ideal is to have all three good people, good music and good pay. But if you, I guess if you have two out of those three, yeah. you know, then it's likely worth taking the gig. Oh, Yeah. Especially if it's going to put you in scenarios where you're playing with people who are better than you, as yeah, you know. Right. And uh, for me, I've I've sort of tried to be intentional with the gigs I take, and um, like I, I think I mentioned earlier, I sort of have had these different seasons of what I'm kind of working on. And, and for a time, I was taking a lot of musical theater stuff, and that was great, and I learned that. But now. I'm not doing as much musical theater because I kind of feel like I sort of have that down. Like I already kind of know what to expect, but I'm looking for um, opportunities that are going to challenge me and that are maybe going to put me in situations that are a little even uncomfortable, but they're, they're in a direction that I'm wanting to grow. 
in. Yeah, right. So just always being willing to be, you know, um, not so much even step out of your comfort zone, but to expand your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. That's a great way to think of it. Yeah. Why step out? Just open it up. Just open it up. Right. <laughs> that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Melissa, thanks for doing this. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you. It's been, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Likewise. Likewise. There you have it, Pet Rescue, Melissa Petrescu. Uh, find her on Facebook, like she said, uh, P-E-T-R-E-S-C-U-E, Pet Rescue. And, you know, keep up with her and see where she's playing around town uh, or go on her YouTube, like she said, uh, and find whatever performances um, you would love to listen to. So like I said, don't forget uh, to subscribe to this podcast, um, The Music Grind, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Go at, um, at Music Grind Podcast on Instagram and keep up there. And I will post new stuff when new stuff is available or when interesting stuff comes along. Uh, go check that out. And if you want to send me an email for the podcast, it's musicgrindpodcast at gmail.com. That's pretty simple, right? Send me a comment or, you know, DM on, uh, on Instagram. Slide into my DM if you want. And, you know, send me a message. Send me a comment, a question, whatever it is you have on your mind. If you want to keep up with me, Tito, uh, keep up with me personally, it's at tdvmusic on Instagram. Uh, or tdvmusic.com and I will post stuff up there. I put music stuff. I put um, other stuff, <laughs> I guess, and especially during this uh, holiday season, you know, gigs and music and Santa hats and whatever else goes up. Um, there you go. So until 2019, um, I hope everybody out there stays safe. Have a happy holidays, whether you, if you celebrate, I hope you do. If you don't, that's okay. Um, but everybody out there, stay safe and thanks for listening.